Anywhere bike. Bike sharing has become a new boon to city dwellers across the country. New services are popping up on every street corner, and they are allowing people to travel great distances without being a slave to fossil fuels. But what do you do if you don't know where to get the bike? That's where Anywhere Bike comes in. Anywhere Bike is a service, just a little app on your phone. Just put in your location. Anywhere Bike will send you a car to drive you to the nearest bike share bike. It's just that easy. One click of a finger, and boom, a luxury SUV will show up at your house to deliver you in style to the bike that you need to get to your destination like a responsible American. Now, Ryan, I know that you've been on the Anywhere Bike train longer than I have. You want to say anything about what, what, what oh. you've experienced there? Man, it's not a train, first of all. It is indeed a luxury SUV. So here's my deal. Sure, I have a bike in my basement. Sure, I could go down there, unlock the basement, find my bike, oil it up, take it out for a ride. But why go through all of that when with a few taps of my finger on a screen, I can get an Anywhere Bike SUV to pick me up. Now the closest bike share location within their network to me is about an hour, hour and a half away with traffic. It's a great ride. It was air conditioned the whole time. The driver didn't mind putting some music on for me, even let me control it from my phone. And when I got there, I was able to take a bike all the way back home. And that's one of the greatest services that Anywhere Bike offers is it gives you personalization within your app. Create your profile. You can tag your favorite bike. So let's say that you were on the east side of the city, but that bike that you love with the best gear shifts that you know is on the west side, Anywhere Bike will take you across town to get to the bike that you need. And that's the Anywhere Bike promise. That's the Anywhere Bike guarantee. So its subscriptions are only $49.95 a month. Uh, just get on the website, go to anywherebike.com and make sure to get 20% off a checkout to put in, uh, see if I'm pronouncing this right. It's un nation abajo pud pud. That last one seems to have a, a Russian character in the middle. Huh? So it's uh, uno nation abajo abajo does have an accent mark it doesn't seem to be the spanish it seems to be slanting down right like it's french uh, yeah yeah so that's on the a and then pud with a russian character i i can't really describe it right now it's kind of like a sideways k right you'll have to look it up but put that in at checkout to get 20 percent off just get a warning on. just a warning to our listeners if you enter the characters incorrectly unfortunately due to a glitch in the system it actually will add 20 percent to yes. your price so do enter so. that with care do, yes, please. And then get biking, get riding, and get to the future with Anywhere Bike. And here's the show. Hello and welcome to One Nation Under Pod. I'm Francis Ford Coppola. I'm Ryan Pfefferman. And we've got, I mean... <sighs> it has been a week of America. 
Uh, that, that's what I like to say. You know, some people say that they don't like the news, that it gets too overwhelming for them. And I just want to jack right in. I mean, I've got oh, yeah. Twitter open right now. I've got Facebook. I've got the Politico feed. I've got The Hill. I've got um, George Stephanopoulos's Instagram. Uh, I, I've got I've got Snapchats coming in from across the country. I, I've, I've got uh, Pinterest. I am I am pinning all the latest poll results <laughs> as fast as I can. What about you, Ryan? Francis, hook this election directly into my veins. I have four different windows of 50 tabs each open right now. I have been cycling through them all day like a maniac because this election is a roller coaster wrapped inside the bumper cars, wrapped inside the duck pond. And we're dunking it in caramel and deep frying it. That's what's happening. So, um, sadly, not a lot to report on progress from the Rock Party. Now, if you will remember, obviously, the Rock Party had its primary on Thursday. Nobody, the ethereal hacktivist collective with no actual human leading it, won the primary. Very excited to see that until there were some irregularities. Yeah, pretty big, pretty big asterisk next to that win. There have been a number of other candidates contesting the numbers. Uh, The Electoral Commission has looked into it. They have so far declared that nobody gets to keep the crown, but I feel like this one is going to go down in the history books with a number of asterisks and probably a few footnotes below the asterisk footnote explaining the asterisk itself. I'm going to be honest. You're speaking my language. Those are always my favorite pages in the history books. Give me factoids about politics. So as you'll recall, no doubt, listeners, nobody took 65.2% of the vote, which is nobody. The hacktivist collective, not nobody took 65.2% because obviously that was the original requirement in our electoral system, the original constitution. Anyone, uh, one person had to win 65.2% of the vote to become president. And that's why we did not have our first president until 1846. Right. The first several elections, unfortunately, didn't technically count. Yes, people got to occupy the White House. Yes, people were known by the moniker of president. But if you read the footnotes in the history books, they were not actually technically in a position of power over their fellow citizens. No, it was more of a um, ceremonial thing. They would. It was a lot of that. That's the president, and you can't see. I'm doing air quotes, and you can see this in lithographs and uh, and drawings from the time of people having the air quotes up. When meeting yeah. the president, that was the appropriate gesture to address. They, they actually used to call them presidential quotes instead yes. of air quotes. Yes. That's where we get our modern air quotes was from the fact that this was more of a uh, sort of a, a figurehead, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. perhaps a, a spiritual leader, uh, sometimes just a farmer who wandered onto the White House grounds and refused to leave. And that's why on either side of the Washington Monument, obviously, you see those dual um, sort of outcropping statues appearing next to it. Those are the the memorial air quotes. Memorial air quotes, of course. So we hope to never be in that situation again. And when we say that nobody, and I'm going to use the air quotes here, quote unquote, won the primary, I'm afraid that I, I do actually have to use those quotes, at least for the time being. Now, Will this impact the legitimacy of the final vote? Will nobody actually be uh, allowed if they were to sweep the, 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 the full election? Would they be allowed to take power? Would they be allowed to live in the White House? Would they have to reveal themselves? A lot of questions 
about, uh, I think it's our first uh, hacktivist collective to get this far in a primary process. Yes, obviously. Um, we, we, we had the Guntworm in eight, 1984 mm-hmm. running. They made it, I think, to the convention, but mm-hmm. uh, fell apart when I believe that Ethernet cable was severed and no one could right. save any of the data. Um uh, in we uh, had 80, 82, there was the 1313 sentient virus, which escaped from mm. a, uh, I believe it was an MIT lab, a uh, set of set of computers and, and got fairly far uh, in the democratic <laughs> a set of computers that broke out of the MIT lab <laughs> that had become sentient. It was like a computer man made of computers right. that broke out of the lab. Well, of course, you all remember this, everybody. Yes. Our, yeah, our yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. Are I just read 1313's recent book. Oh, very nice. Yeah, Booting Up America was really refreshing. I think they've got some really interesting ideas for a collection of sentient PCs. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I don't know. For me, it'd have to be a bunch of sentient Macs. (laughs) 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 And then, of course, in 1996, we had the Stab Lords. Well, sure. And, yes. Stab Lords, who who won, and then uh, they brought a computer out, and the computer took a dump on stage, and then disintegrated and i don't know if that was supposed to be funny but stab lords i don't appreciate people doing that to america okay the presidency is not performance art okay let's take this seriously yeah leave it for your memes speaking of taking things seriously uh, we have a very serious guest tonight that we'll be introducing a little bit later on after our after our next break uh our first non-candidate Yes, mm-hmm. POTUS Electoral Commission Chief Adam Fontaine will be joining us after uh, after the break to talk about uh, the Rock Party uh, primary, to talk about sort of POTUS uh, election mechanics, to really get deep into the numbers and the data with us, um, and to uh, to maybe uh, maybe drop some information that can kind of act as a guiding light for people who are perhaps a bit confused about what the heck is going on. Well, I'm glad we have you here, Ryan, because obviously you were the data guy for all three of our Kerry O'Connor presidential campaigns. And yes. so you, 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 you add your hands wrist deep in these uh-huh. bits and bites and ones and zeros. I would produce a nightly report uh, uh, for, for the President O'Connor, uh, which I would leave on on his desk in a manila binder. Uh, often manila I would find binder, them- Manila binder, that, mani- that uh-huh. classic thing oh. we all know, the manila binder. <laughs> I was kind of infamous for my binders. Uh, often I would find the binder exactly where I had left it, uh, truly undisturbed, which I took to mean that not only had he ingested the information inside, but cared so deeply about it that he put it back exactly where I left it as a sign of respect for both the data and for me. He would do the same thing for my social media analyses that I gave oh. to him. And when I let him know exactly how he was performing on MySpace every every day i would give uh, him that yeah. printout and and that back in the before election and yeah the same thing it was like he was giving it back to me now to digest right you know i would re i would reread my own numbers thinking wow the president read this yeah what did it mean to him never got to ask him myself it didn't really come up in our conversations but i knew that he knew that i knew and that's one of the biggest thrills of working on a presidential campaign. Like that, that still gives me the, oh, the tremblies to this day. It's an electric tingle. Yeah. So we're glad to have you here on that. And, um, you know, otherwise than that, it's been kind of a slow day. I feel like all the other parties are now in holding patterns. Right. 
you know, the scissors in the paper party. Now they've got their candidates. And really, I, I would what I would guess is we've got a lot of backdoor VP murmuring. Oh, yes. Right what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall in multiple rooms. I guess multiple flies is what I would really like to multiple, be. Multiple, I'd like to rooms. be multiple flies. Uh-huh. Yes. Multiple flies, multiple walls, multiple rooms. Uh, uh, I guess flies have uh, several eyes, right? Flies have compound eyes. So so I, I would imagine I would be taking in just a truly uh, insane, unfathomable amount of information. Now, I don't know that flies can actually hear or understand human speech, but I no. feel like the eyes were, would get the job done. I think with, since you've got the compound eyes, if you were in some kind of <laughs> central room that had adjoining rooms, like, like maybe ah. a conference room where they'd taken down the partitions. Sure. And so there were little breakout rooms uh-huh. everywhere that's my ideal situation them. Oh, oh i would yes. love to know I'd in love the to nashville know convention center where we've taken down uh, the partition yes a smoke-filled room except of course without the smoke nowadays but you know where the smoke is coming from is the fire lit underneath these winning candidates to now pick a vp show up strong at the conventions and ride this momentum all the way to the White House. Yeah, it's like a Southern Cotillion coming out party for a debutante right now. Oh, of, of everyone uh, coming and trying to wine and dine and flatter the candidate. And y- you got to be able to see through that. I yeah. remember when Kerry O'Connor won his first primary. You had everybody coming at him. You know, it was Al Gore. It was uh-huh. Bill Bradley. It was Tila Tequila. It was Pitbull. It was Alan Greenspan. After he died, yeah, it was yeah. The, the Greenspan estate pushed hard, yes. and they showed up with data showing that putting his name on the ticket would win over the majority of uneducated voters. It, it and now zoomed his body in right. front of us. Yeah, and honestly, how to be able to look through that and just think about is this person completing me, right, and or the electoral map. Because that's what the VP is. It's a, they're, they're, they're fused to your hip throughout that presidency. Right. When you're going through all those, those late night memos, when you're thinking about, what, is this policy going to bankrupt the people that I love? When you need to do a sleepover in the Oval Office, that's the person who's right there next to you. I would say that all five of Kerry O'Connor's VPs were basically soulmates for the mm-hmm. president. Still are. His- Still oh, are. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I hear he keeps in touch with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I remember la- a couple of weekends ago, I was up there and he was having a, his little, his little weekend get together, not like a reunion, but more like a, like a, like a reinvigoration with all of the VPs. It was really beautiful. Like Wait, you were, you were there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he invited me on the Slack. Where, where was this? This was down in the Mississippi Delta. He has oh, a pretty God. big estate down there. Not a former plantation because Thank I am done with all of that. He's built yeah. a new 5,000 acre estate down there. Uh, and that, that's called his, his uh, early fall home. Wow. It, um, it sounds nice. Yeah, you got to check it out. You nice. got to well, check I'd it out. Well, I'd love to. Uh, hey, at least it's not Aspen, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I no. can only not get invited to Aspen so many times. This time of year, who wants question. to go to Aspen? I would love to go to Aspen, Francis. Well, and you know that I would. Stick around because coming up, we are going to have our spectacular conversation with Electoral Commission Chief Adam Fontaine. Francis, have you ever bought a bottle of water? 
bought six this morning. Why do you ask? <laughs> well, isn't it kind of wasteful to keep buying bottle after bottle just to get the water inside? I'll answer that for you. Yes, it is. So let me introduce you to the latest thing in clean water technology. It's called bottlelesswater.com, and here's how it works. You take your own clean water bottle to one of their five convenient nationwide locations, fill it up on the spot with fresh, clear, clean spring water, take it back home, drink the water, bring your bottle back, fill it again, and that's just what you get at the basic tier. It's the bottled water experience without all the wasteful bottles. But don't stop there. At the gold tier, they will actually send you a set of reusable plastic bottles. You can bring those bottles to one of their five conveniently located nationwide locations, fill them up with water, and bring them back to your house to drink the water. Francis, what are you thinking of bottleless water so far? I've been on there now for three weeks, which has basically allowed me to take two trips to their refilling, uh, the refilling center they have in Gary, Indiana, which is the closest uh -huh. one to me. And it's been spectacular. I, I go there, they ask me if I want sparkling, if I want still, if I want tap. I, I fill it up. I take it home. I try. I try not to drink it until I get home. But sometimes <laughs> I can't resist. Oh, yeah, it's a long, it's it's a long drive. It's, too tempting. it's a long drive back. And it gives you an opportunity to see the bottleless water plant and and see oh. just the the, the 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 joy and love uh -huh. and vision that these people have. Bottlelesswater.com is committed to having a to having everyone on reusable bottles by 2022 and actually they're committed to re removing the bottle entirely by 2025 they think that uh -huh. we're going to be all going bottleless in how we drink our water right you can drink directly from the spring in 2025 when you go to one of their five conveniently located nationwide locations folks let me even i'm skipping the best part here at the platinum tier are you ready for this are you sitting down <laughs> i hope i am they will actually ship you pre-filled, non-recyclable plastic bottles with their water inside. You simply ship them back the bottles plus a small fee, and they will return them to you in six to eight weeks filled with, you guessed it, clear, clean, spring, natural water. I'm, I'm sorry, what, what am I, a Danish king here? I'm getting water <laughs> mailed directly to me to drink? We are truly living in a golden age of technological and hydrological innovation. Folks, if you want to get on this rocket ship to clean, fresh spring water, simply go to bottlelesswater.com. And uh, it's, they don't have a box for the offer code, but you simply stare at your computer with camera and think very hard, one nation under pod. Again, that's one nation under pod. Think it as hard as you can, stare directly into the camera. They will be recording you. And if they feel that your intensity level has been sufficient, they will take 10% off your first subscription, uh, excuse me, your, your first month of your uh, two year required subscription. And you can start drinking bottleless water. Well, not today, but within six to eight weeks. Bottlelesswater.com. And now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with Electoral Commission Chief Adam Fontaine. Adam, welcome to the pod. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for having somebody from the commission in here. 
Absolutely. Oh, we're thrilled. Yeah, we're honored thrilled that you would you. even come. I know that you're probably a very busy man these days. Well, it, it's required that I make several public appearances to uh, explain some of the, um, uh, you know, irregularities with the with the primary votes, as I'm sure you're aware and your producers are aware. Yes, yes. irregularities. So we've That's... been discussing those on the pod as developments have come, and I, I'd say that we're getting probably thirty five percent of the story that we're. I feel like we're understanding and comprehending. I mean, Ryan, you're the data guy. <laughs> I would say we've got about 28.9% of the story. Here's, here's what we know, Adam, and maybe you can shed some light on the gaps. We understand, to use your word, there were some anomalies in the Rock Party primary with the uh, the activist, faceless collective nobody taking 65.2% of the vote. What was it about that number that set off alarm bells for you? Oh, uh, well, uh, the vast majority of those votes, uh, when we uh, investigated them further, uh, it was clear that they were coming from three IP addresses. Uh, So we had a a case where over 450 votes were coming from three IP addresses. Typically, in a digital election like we have for POTUS Among Us, there would be two, maybe 2.5 votes on average coming in from the same IP address. Tell us more about what a 0.5 vote looks like. Oh, that was an average. Sorry. So oh, if, I see. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, and I understand that uh, over 100 of these votes were only for the nobody candidate. No other rankings, despite the choice of, I believe, there were seven candidates in the Rock Party primary. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Well, that was that was the second tier of, you know, uh, questionable uh, information about those mm-hmm. votes is that, yes, in fact, they were all coming from for the same candidate. So three IP addresses. Now, an IP address chunk. covers basically a single congressional district. Am I right in, in understanding what an IP address is? Uh, well, it's a little smaller than that. Um, so, so typically, you know, typically a, a single home, a single network connection would typically have its own IP address. So there would be several IP addresses within a given congressional district, typically. So typically more like a, a state level representative district, perhaps. Um. I'll, I'll let sure. Mm-hmm. All right. right, right, right. Depending on the okay. state. New Jersey sounds yeah, about right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So <laughs> 453 votes coming from three IP addresses. That basically means that we've got about 150 votes coming per house. Oh, oh, well, uh, no, as it turns out, um, as our investigation. Well, oh, you, you I'm sorry. Really, Please. Yeah. So uh, as it turns out, uh, there were there, these three IP addresses. The way it broke down is uh, 51 of these votes were coming from uh, a single location where the Rock Party camp, the campaign for uh, nobody had given very clear voting instructions, uh, very clear voting instructions to a group of, of people who are very digitally savvy, uh, who were therefore able to click and vote very expediently and uh, amass a great number of votes for their candidate. That was to be the, clear, are, are you yeah. confident in saying that these votes all came from eligible POTUS voters? Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you bring that up. We did, in fact, uh, we, we identified one vote of those 51 votes that was not eligible. And this we did uh, through the use of a residency uh, uh, qualifying question uh, when asked, where do you live? The options that were presented to the voters were. Uh, the D.C. metro area, uh-huh. uh, real America, uh-huh. uh, a citizen of the world, or other. And of course, if you, if you don't belong to any of those, those first three categories, you in fact are not eligible 
to right. vote. So Those being was... the three major voting blocks in America. Sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, Adam, in your in your YouTube video about this, uh, you you did talk about this other residency issue, and you stated that uh, extraterrestrials, uh, holograms, and the like are not allowed to vote. In 2020, do you feel that that sort of, uh, I don't want to use the word outdated, but uh, let me say that sort of um, outdated thinking, is that still valid? Is that still a fair way to run an election in these modern times? Well, uh, you know, Ryan, it's really not my position to comment on whether the rules that we're abiding by are fair or not. It's simply Mm. my my job to make sure we're abiding by them. Um, you would I mean, to- and that's sadly the system we live in. I mean, I remember just 10 years ago, it would have been impossible for a collection of computers that had formed themselves into a man or for an intergalactic dominator hellbent on human destruction mm-hmm. or a who had come over from another world to run for president. And that's the inspiring bit of America for me is that, that we evolve and change and become more inclusionary where these people can ascend to the highest office in the land. Well, I I completely concur, but I I would argue that the voting process has already evolved significantly Mm. such that somebody can complete the entire process of registering to vote and registering one's vote on a ballot within nine seconds, which was the average time spent. Vote411.org. Make sure you're registered. Absolutely. Uh, Would you say that some of these votes were the digital equivalent of a, uh, a hanging chad? Hanging Chad, obviously, where that's when in the 2000 election, uh, inspectors came into the Miami-Dade election office and they looked out the window and found a man named Chad hanging out of the window holding, I would say, 4,000 ballots a in a sack. Yeah, huge yeah, box, hanging. Uh, a sack. sack that was how the Republican Party was hoping to get away with that election. They, they got Chad back in and right. uh, were thankfully were able to process the ballots. And that's how the Baldwin family won the 2000 election. So are there similar, is this a similar shenanigan? I, I would not use the word shenanigan. I, I would say that your, your certainly word. the votes that, that were acquired were unconventional. Uh-huh. And, and, and again, we were just talking just a moment ago about how the voting process itself has evolved. So the use of a script uh, to collect interested voters, uh, to, to collect their like, will. Hello, are you interested in nobody? Nobody will offer you no, many I'm, interesting I'm, things I'm sorry. in your life. I'm sorry. No, the use of a, a digital script, a, an electronic, uh, essentially a tool. Um, whereby the, 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 the nobody campaign collected the personal information and the voting desires of hundreds of people. And then at the, at the last moments, in the last two hours, essentially, of, of the primary election, they, they utilized an online script, a tool, to convey those votes into the actual primary ballot. Um, oh, the votes were coming in so quickly, the computers almost melted down. Oh, I remember back during the Kerry O'Connor campaign where we did write actual scripts. I remember going out on the streets in Ohio and performing a short one-act play to encourage people to look into Kerry O'Connor's housing policies. I think it was really effective. We don't really see that anymore. Well, voters today don't have that attention span. You know, I mean, the the reason the the reason why I think the 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 nobody campaign was so successful in connecting to these voters is is that nobody had reached them where they were before uh, Mm. on on Mm. uh, online 
uh, websites designed for hackers called uh, For Laughs and uh, Hacking. Uh, you know, that's where they found their voters. And uh, I think it's really innovative that other, other campaigns need to pay attention to this. I mean, I remember when LiveJournal became a swing state, and that sounded like this is going to become the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adam, let me let me pull up a bit and ask you. A, I'd like to ask you a few questions about the 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 voting process itself, aside from this sort of primary. Uh, in the current ranked choice primary voting that you offered, um, there is not an other vote for the candidates list themselves. Uh, why is it considered illegitimate to vote against every candidate and for none of them? Oh, I I think you've misunderstood how the ranked cho- choice voting works. Entirely um, possible. Yeah. With, so with with each ballot, um, the voter had a choice within each party, right? Uh, and within each party, you were asked, let's say there were four candidates. You were asked to rank those four candidates in your order of preference from first to second, third, and fourth. However, you could also choose NA, not applicable, you mm. could choose that for all four candidates. Is that you, the name of a collective similar to nobody? Um, no, uh, that collective was disbanded because the the phrase "na" was already copyrighted for general uh, use. Oh, okay, that was you. an election slaughterhouse. I, I remember that back in 2012. So, so in fact, many of the votes that came in for the nobody uh, candidate mm-hmm. uh, completely skipped the primary voting for the other two parties. They they made no selection whatsoever. Oh, interesting. Um, they were they were what we call um, uh, uh, single vote ballots. Uh-huh. Um, th- there was a multitude of votes they could have cast, and they cast only one, and then they were out. That's why they were able to do it so quickly. Nine seconds uh-huh. in out. I mean, you cannot fault their efficiency, uh, Adam. It's it's our understanding that most of these votes originated, uh, as you said, from a, a a few computers in the area of South Florida. No, of course, we know that uh, as of, uh, what was it, the 2000 election after that, Florida was, of course, no longer allowed legally to participate in the American elections. Can you tell us how this came about? Uh, how, how what came about? Sorry. How, well, how, how did I... these votes end up coming from Florida, which, of course, is a federal cl- crime now to vote in Florida? I am required to state that the official state motto of Florida is, in God we trust. Mm. And I'm really not permitted by my office to comment any further on these circumstances. Understood. Uh, for the listeners, uh, Mr. Fontaine is making a winky face at us. Yes. Oh, Which and he's now, sliding, he's now sliding a paper over to me uh, that it uh-huh. says, uh, I could go on, please, let's talk after the show. Uh-huh. All right. Adam. IP addresses, time spent voting, uh, spreadsheets, vote counts, pie charts. I think the American people just want to know, in a nutshell, can they trust this election and, by extension, you? So I'm I'm not allowed to speak as to whether people can trust me, um, but they can trust this election. And, and let me tell you, we're looking already at how we may make revisions to the general ballot the general election ballot process uh, to prohibit or at least measure correctly um, the, the participation of these sorts of um, vote harvesting activities, which the Nobody campaign employed. Um, oh. we're, we're considering including a CAPTCHA device, 
mm-hmm. when one votes, which would require a voter to uh, perform a small mathematical problem uh, in order to vote. We've been testing that. That, of course, has a very storied history, giving people perform mathematical equations and uh-huh. other uh, literacy tests before voting. I'm trying to Starting think. to sound a bit like. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I want to say I, that happened in Alabama and Mississippi I, around the 1870s. I'm, I'm aware of the history. I, 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 there are multiple options we're considering at the commission. Uh-huh. Another option is, is we're, we're considering uh, including a vow uh, that you are voting only for your own interests and that you are your own person, you are your own self. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we had included an honesty question in the actual primary ballot, um, but but it seems not to have had the effect that we wanted to. Would there be, perhaps if this was done uh, in person, could there be a poll watcher to see if people are perhaps having their fingers crossed behind their back when making this vow? Francis, we're not voting in person anymore. This isn't the 1960s. Okay, well then when someone logs in, could you dispatch a poll watcher to their house where they're, you said you have the IP address. Well, I assume you can see them already through their uh, their video camera on their laptop or or their PC. Obviously we can see all of our viewer listeners as they're listening to our podcast. We just assumed. I mean, we can see every voter as they vote, but we're not, uh, legally so allowed. Adam Fontaine on record saying that he is watching you as you vote. No. Well, easy when you're sleeping. Someone folks. is, I think you're twisting my words. The, the mm. commission is not allowed to actually engage directly. No, they are allowed simply to watch you in your home. Take, take well, pictures if necessary. I, I mean, uh, th- this feels a little aggressive and you remember very well, the the final campaign of your own president, uh, his opponent had people at, at gunpoint who were, were being forced to vote, and and so now we're watching. We're watching to make sure that there's no no gunpoint involved, that there's no nobody's being well, harassed. Yes, I mean, being but that's threatened. that's just that's just classic give and take of what right. the candidates that's, need to do, pulling out in the last day to get people on their side. I mean, we gave people is a blood sport. We gave people popsicles. I mean, was that illegal right. too? <laughs> Turns out it was. Yeah. Ooh, uh, you so did some time funny, for that, didn't funny you? Funny historical footnote. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I saw some things in prison that I'd, I'd rather really not get into. But, uh, you know, it changed me. And I came out, I would say I did a lot of growing. But uh, this isn't. And you also it. got so into needlepoint. I mean, I still oh, love absolutely. when you give me something that like that for Christmas. So oh. thank you, prison. <laughs> thank you, Francis. <sighs> Adam. There's been a lot of chatter lately about you yourself potentially entering the race as a fourth party candidate. Is there any truth to that? Can you put that to bed? Uh, absolutely. I can put that to bed immediately. That, that, that is not only impossible, that I would find that uh, morally abhorrent. And mm-hmm. it would, be, in fact, be illegal. When we work for the commission, mm-hmm. we, we sign a, a certificate that says we will not run for office. Uh, within a, at least two days of our employment at the commission. It just seems to me, though, that we're in kind of a moment of chaos. Who knows if these political parties are even going to exist next week? I mean, America's going to want a firm voice that it can trust, that it's familiar with. And I, I'm not seeing many other people that's going to fill that slot. So 
well, I, you know, I have to say, I, I, I find that uh, skepticism unappealing. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that the three parties, the Rock Party, the Paper Party, and the Scissors Party, they've, they've been with us for decades, if not centuries, in mm-hmm. some cases. And I, I think that, you know, of course, parties have highs and lows, and it does seem possibly like we're at a low point simultaneously for all three parties. But we have to, I think, remain hopeful. Wow. A message of hope from Electoral Commission Chief Adam Fontaine. It's really it's really breathtaking. You know, I think that's exactly what the American people want to hear. That's the leader that they want to be seeing right now on the no. television. So no, I know I honestly no. I gotta tell you, Adam, you've you've got my vote. Oh, absolutely. I am yeah. on the Fontaine train. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh man, this candidacy Please. writes itself. Yeah, Adam. I mean, just I, I, hold on. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna write some speeches for you. I'm oh. gonna get some buttons made up. Adam, this is a gangbusters idea you've got here. I've just registered FontaineTrain.com. No, please do this not. This is going to be amazing, Adam. Uh, just between us and our listeners, which candidate is your favorite? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I can't share that kind of information. I, I really do try and stay objective and I try not to get too deep, uh, into, into any of the, 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 the specifics of the races, um, sure. because I need to be able to say that nobody is my favorite. Well, how about this then? Oh, so the wait, scissors so, and paper me. party Did you just primaries. Say nobody? I'm sorry. Oh, you just said nobody was your favorite. Oh Yeah. Nobody. That's right. Nobody is my favorite. The activist collective. Oh. Nobody. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I see what you're Ladies saying. and gentlemen, electoral commission yeah. chief Adam We've Fontaine, gotten. in addition to declaring his own candidacy, uh, has now endorsed and that he's nobody. spying on voters while they vote. No, and I thought this episode was going to be dull. No, but, mm, Adam, I think you honestly, can you come my... back tomorrow? No. <laughs> uh, sadly, I cannot. I am booked fully with other interviews all day. Yeah, he's tomorrow. got a campaign to launch. <laughs> all right. Well, now, since you've got that campaign going, I think it's time to ask Adam Fontaine our five campaign five questions. questions. Five campaign questions. We ask all the candidates to come on our show the same five questions. So if you're ready, I'm going to kick things off first. Just clarifying that I'm not a candidate. Candidate Fontaine, what does our country need the most right now, and why is it D.C. statehood? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we do need proper representation for all Americans, and, and I think D.C. statehood falls squarely within that. But don't forget Puerto Rico and the citizens of Guam. Absolutely. We only have room for, for five questions, Adam. Uh, Adam, you've just got a blank check from Congress to spend on one program. In this hypothetical, you are a candidate for president. So you've got a blank check from Congress to spend on one program. What is it? Oh, I guess it would be controlling an office of sort of uh, procedural and financial controls uh, to prevent Congress from bestowing further gifts of that nature to future candidates. Wow. Candidate Fontaine coming out strong against uh Pork barrel spending. I love it. Yeah, not a third question. If you could have anyone from history on your cabinet, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, anyone from history, I would say. (sighs) Probably Wonder Woman. 
I'm a huge mm. fan. Wonder Woman. Strong choice. <laughs> yep. Famous 1948 presidential candidate. Almost beat Truman. Everyone's oh. seen the famous <laughs> newspaper headline. Wonder Woman beats Truman, <laughs> obviously. Truman. So. Uh, candidate Fontaine. Uh, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron? I'm sorry? These are three basketball players, and you are choosing your favorite. Uh, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron? Well, certainly not Jordan. I despise that name. Um, I would say probably LeBron. LeBron. Strong LeBron. choice. Mm-hmm. Making an appeal to the French constituents. I love exactly. it. Now, yes. I'm taking a quick look at the polls here. and My God, I, I, I'm comfortable calling it right now. President Fontaine, final question. That's the sound of the Fontaine What is your favorite horror movie? Oh, um, my personal favorite horror movie is uh, a little-known film called uh, Phantasm. Phantasm. Mm -hmm. Ooh, spooky spheres. I love it. Ah, you're familiar with it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Reagan included those on some of his campaign posters, too. Mm -hmm. Uh Him and Angus Scrim were always on the trail together. Ah, the tall man and America's favorite cowboy. Well, what a ticket. That is the show. Before we close out, Adam, are there any plugs you want to plug aside from your new campaign website? Again, not a candidate, uh, not campaigning. Uh, if there's a website for my campaign, um, uh, please don't Fontaine read it. Fontainetrain.com. Uh, I, would, I would just, uh, I would commend everybody to vote. And oh, and I would remind all voters, um, the, the, third, the third honor check we're considering, including on the ballot, is for everyone to share a personal memory from their childhood on the ballot. So um, I know some people need some time to think about a personal memory from childhood. So everyone who's planning to vote, start thinking now because that might be a question on the general election ballot. Good advice. Well, wonderful. And I would encourage all of our listeners to please go and check out the other podcasts on the Illiberal Media Podcast Network. We've just got a great new one called Padi Da, hosted by Bernard Isnashire. Padi Da is dedicated to taking a deeper look at some of the finer things in life. So clotted cream, waistcoats, oolong tea, uh, Lincoln town cars, uh, the bikes with the giant front wheel, uh, all sorts of wonderful fine things, getting deeper in there and seeing why they make us so happy. So please go and download Poddy Dot wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Ryan, do you want to plug your solo adventures? Absolutely. I'm still doing episodes of Flying with Ryan, uh, the podcast where I take you on a guided tour of every airplane trip that I've ever gone on going back to 1995, including what time I got to the airport, how long I spent at the terminal, uh, what, if anything, I ate on the flight, and how many times I used the airplane bathroom. That's Flying with Ryan on the Illiberal Media Podcast Network. It is gripping check it out all right and of course i want to remind everyone to go out and make sure you're registered to vote go to vote411.org or vote.gov get registered get voting get yourself heard and that's it for the show please stay tuned for more interviews with more great candidates like the one we had today as always i'm francis ford coppola i'm ryan pfefferman good night Part of the Illiberal Media Network.